Welcome. You are listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's always better to hear it live, this is a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. Enjoy our latest installment. Shabbat Shalom. We all make mistakes. We all try things that don't go well at first. Sometimes those false steps are just the beginning on the path to something wonderful. I often tell the story in our Hebrew school that when I was in Hebrew school, I actually climbed out of a window uh, in order to avoid class. I didn't like it so much. It was on the first floor. It was Wisconsin. It wasn't that dangerous. But I made up for it later in life as far as uh, attendance at religious school goes. Other times, mistakes signify a brief interest never to be tried again like the neuroscience class that I took in college. (laughs) The ability to pick oneself up and get back in the race is often predicated on an individual's grit and resilience. Amazing qualities to be sure, but it also often requires a little help and understanding from the people around us. One of my favorite stories that illustrates this point happened just up the street from us about 90 years ago. (laughs) A young woman, named Ella Jane Fitzgerald, enters into a new kind of competition called Amateur Night at the Apollo Theater up in Harlem. The story goes that she entered the contest on a dare and that she was going to dance until she thought that the dancers who went before her were too good. And so at the last minute, she changed and opted to sing instead. She was understandably nervous, and by her own admission, the first few bars that she sang were a disaster. The rowdy crowd started to boo and jeer when the famous MC Ralph Cooper ran on stage and shushed them. And he said something to the effect of, hold on, this little lady has a gift to give. Let's give her a second to get it out of the box. The audience settled. Ella regrouped, and she started singing and began her career as the queen of jazz and the first lady of song. Without that little moment of kindness from Cooper, or the courage to keep going after a failure, we would never have gotten the amazing gift that she had to share with us all. From rabbis to jazz singers, we all need help coming back from mistakes, overcoming failures, and succeeding in areas where we feel a little shaky. Often, that help comes from the kindness of strangers, which is important for all of us to be sure. However, the Torah, unsurprisingly, wants to codify the path to trying again in law and ritual. In the Parsha we read this morning, we're told, when a person unwittingly incurs guilt in any regard to any of the Lord's commandments about things not to be done, and does one of them, They should offer a sacrifice in the Mishkan to make things right. The entire system that is being set up in Vayikra has modes of reparation built into it from the beginning. 
whether unintentionally, as we read about now, or even on purpose, like Rabbi Cosgrove discussed last week, God knows that we will make mistakes. We will have false starts, and we will need a way to recover. So I discussed this with some of the teens that run our synagogue's food pantry, and one of them pointed out that one needs to look at Vayikra in the context of the parshiot that came before it. So Claire, who was an expert in this because it was her bat mitzvah parsha, pointed out that last week we read about the attributes of God's forgiveness and of Moses standing up for the Israelites like an MC at the Apollo. She wondered, so why do we need all these sacrifices? Why does everyone have to offer sheep and turtle doves? Can't they just rely on God's mercy and on Moshe's intercession? Claire, this is a fabulous question. How does bringing an animal to the priests for slaughter help anyone? Well, the 13th century commentary, Sefer Achinuch, brings an answer. Claire, let's see if you like it. The anonymous author of the Sefer Achinuch says that the purpose of the sacrifice here is about giving yourself something physical to do. He says, we know that a simple declaration isn't enough for a person's heart to feel cleansed. One must engage in action. I think we all might know this a little bit internally. I know I, I've seen this when I lived in Israel. I was living with a bunch of young fellows, and one of them who was new to, uh, who was new to observance came running into the living room one day and said, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? I just put this milk fork into a piece of chicken. What should I do? And we said, eh, just put it on the fridge and we'll deal with it later. He said, no, I need something to do. I feel bad. What do I do? And we said, look, it, we boil it in some water. It's going to be fine, man. Don't worry about it. And he looked at us and he said, that's not good enough. I want to feel better about this. What do I do? And so a bunch of 20-something rabbinical students invented a ritual in which we made our friend stand on a chair and apologize to the fork in order, before we dipped it in the water to re-kosher it. Ask yourself, why did he just tell that story? He told that story because, as the Sefer Chinuch tells us, we need a little ritual, maybe, to feel better. We need to use some symbolic action to show that we know words aren't enough. Action is needed to show others and ourselves that we're ready to do better next time. And perhaps the secret of the sacrifices is that they're public. As I climb the steps to the priests bringing my sheep to atone for whatever I've done wrong, I pass by others making the same trip for similar reasons. One could imagine two Israelites standing in line with their offerings. So, what'd you do? Oh, forgot to separate your tithes? Ouch, I've been there. Me? Oh, I didn't realize that the shirt I was wearing was made from linen and wool. Yeah, yeah, what you gonna do? Or... Maybe the cantor and I, we try to avoid eye contact as we pass by so we can pretend that we didn't see one another. But really, we take solace from the fact of the failure of others. When I tell the story of climbing out a window to avoid Hebrew school to the kids here, I hope that what they hear is, it's okay if you don't love this. It's okay if you struggle. Another idea was beautifully illustrated by our, by our bar mitzvah today. Ian, you said that the sacrifices are meant to foster connection. They remind us that what we need is to look out for other people. And sometimes that means giving up something of ours. 
It might be our time. It might be our ego. It might be some of our resources. But we should remember Leviticus and the idea that being a part of something larger than ourselves often entails sacrificing something for the good of the group or other individuals within the group. The Torah also understood that not every issue could be fixed right away with an offering, with an action, with anything. We're going to celebrate Pesach next week. And one of my favorite holidays, it's not Pesach, but Pesach Sheni, second Passover. This was a day set aside a month after Pesach for anyone who was ritually impure during the original holiday. And this lesson of giving people a chance or a second chance to others despite their faults is important for us now. Throughout this past year, it has been important to cut others a little slack. We've spoken time and time again about how everyone is hurting. Everyone is in a hard place and we should be kind to one another. And as we begin to dream about what an end to this era might be, some people are dealing with very real loss that can't be solved with a vaccine in the arm. Others grapple with pandemic projects unfinished and relationships untended to for over a year. As things begin to reopen safely, please God, and people start to interact a little more, we're going to need to remember there will be some false starts. It will take people a little time to get comfortable being out and about. And again, not everyone is ready for it. It's important that we offer kindness and understanding to those around us and to ourselves as well. And as we do, Vayikra provides us with a nice model. Haven't heard from someone enough this past year? Well, when they finally call, that's like their offering. Make plans with someone and then you realize, you know, you're really not comfortable yet? That's okay. Apologize and set up a Pesach Sheni, a redo for a month from now. We need this lesson now and always because we all make mistakes. We all should try new things and experiences we might not be good at, and we're all going to have moments where we need a redo. This happens to all of us, no matter who we are or how wise we become. I began with the story of a singer in need of some slack, so I'll close with one too. Towards the end of his life, Frank Sinatra slowed down a little bit, but his old blue eyes were still bright. He toured and performed, but the people around him knew that he was starting to slip. Comedian Tom Dreesen, who opened for Sinatra, says that by the time he was 78, people came to see Frank mostly in order to say goodbye. Everyone wondered when he was going to lay down the mic. One night, in an arena of some 20,000 people, Frank Sinatra completely forgot the words to one of the songs that he'd been singing for over 60 years. The orchestra couldn't quite see, so they kept playing, and Sinatra is just standing on stage, whispering into the microphone, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry. Eventually, the musicians realize what's going on, and they slowly stop playing, leaving the entire arena in an eerie silence. Sinatra has tears in his eyes, and he starts to put the mic down. Dreesen is ready to come out onto the stage, thank the singer for an amazing career, but tell him it's time to go. When someone from the back stands up and shouts, that's all right, Frank, that's all right, we love you, that's all right, and starts applauding. Soon, the audience is clapping. Sinatra keeps the mic and cues the band to play the next song. 
I think it was Mac the Knife. And he sings his heart out. He nails every note and every nuance, every word, like he was a kid again. When he finishes, the crowd goes absolutely wild. But Sinatra points to the back and says, I love you too, pal. And he toured for another two years after that. The kindness that we can show to others by standing up for them, by giving them a second chance, by letting them make mistakes and make amends is one of the holiest acts that we can do for someone. It helps them move forward, feel supported, realize their talents and passions, and, like you said, Ian, it helps them feel connected. We're all going to be the person who needs a second chance. We're probably all going to be the person who needs to offer it. Sometimes we need to be the MC, guarding others from an unruly crowd. Other times we must be the priest, accepting someone's offer to do better next time. We might need to be the sinner next in line who knows what it's like to fail and can offer empathy. Or we might just need to be the fan shouting, that's all right, it's all right because we love you. Whatever we're called on to be, friends, we want to offer kindness to one another. Show one another that it's all right. We can try new things, we can make mistakes, we can always make an offering, and we can always try again. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. See you in shul.